Hello and welcome to the Digital Insight, the technology and supply chain podcast that delivers valuable C-level perspective into the core issues surrounding business transformation and digital disruption. Each episode will bring you the most inspiring executive insights from those leading transformation strategies within the world's biggest and best-known companies. The Digital Insight. Disrupt. Transform. Evolve. Hello there and welcome to the Digital Insight, the official podcast series for CPO Strategy and Interface Magazines. Today, we're joined by Dr. Marcel Vollmer, Chief Digital Officer at SAP Ariba. He will be outlining his thoughts and vision for the future of procurement. So talk to me a little bit about your role at SAP Ariba and what does that entail exactly? So basically, my role as Chief Digital Officer might be a little bit unusual, um, in a software company. But basically what I'm doing is I help customers to define digital transformation strategies and execute on them. So my job is really working with customers, defining how can they transform their supply chain, their procurement function and prepare it for the future. And that's what I'm doing accompanied by a business case. Basically, that's what we do all the time. We want to ensure that the customer um, gets a value out of the um, out of the um, digital transformation. But basically, digital transformation is not only software. And you might say, yeah, Marcel, you need to say all that because you're working for a software company. It is more about basically focusing on a vision for the future. I think that's the most important thing for digital transformation. And then to focus on the structure, the organization, the process side, and then finally on the systems. But don't forget the people at the end. And my job is, and that's what I do in this global role, basically helping customers really hear what do they need? What is, what is it what other companies are doing? Um, what are probably best practices, some insights, some benchmarks to share with them. So you see the chief digital officer role is very much customer oriented um, and not so much on the internal side. I also definitely provide feedback back what customers are seeing, what they would love to see us as a software company to do to circle back to our innovations uh, team. And what kind of uh, conversations you having with uh, customers or industry leaders at the moment? So basically, currently everything is um, is regarding the digital transformation. So what's happening in the industry? What might be really the next thing? And our CEO, Bill McDermott, is saying that um, change um, has never moved as fast as now, but it will never move as slow as today. And this is really also something what we see that basically there is a huge um, a huge speed or a very high dynamic um, in all the digital transformation efforts, what we see as of today, what's going on. And no surprise, everyone wants to prepare for the future. Everyone wants to understand, learn and see, oh, what can I really do? What are use cases? What are potential new ideas? what we can do, where we can learn from as a customer um, to execute on, on them. And that's basically also part of my role, helping them a little bit to cluster this and structure a little bit the, the agenda because the change is really so fast. And just to give you one number, 
on the Fortune 500 companies, 50% from all the companies on that list in, in the year 2000 are no longer on that list. And that's really showing also, wow, the speed is tremendous. And yeah, as mentioned, change has never moved this fast and it will never move this slowly again. And that's really where everyone is currently concerned a little bit and wants to prepare for the future. And I, play, I saw on one of your posts, um, the make procurement awesome hashtag. Um, how do we make procurement awesome? So basically, I think um, on the one side, procurement or let's start a little bit in the past purchasing was not necessarily really um, seen as a value contributing function was not really seen as wow I need to I need to talk to procurement because um, they can help me they can provide me ideas they can probably also connect me to suppliers to drive innovations purchasing was more seen basically as the operational side transacting um, getting basically what the business needs and this is something what I see what has fundamentally changed and where we see currently that procurement is getting really a more important role in the business and what it means with make procurement awesome this means that you need to focus on the user the user experience is absolutely key because everyone expects an apple easy google fast um, experience when you interact with whatever system it is and honestly a procurement system and let's start with something very basic, a catalog. There is no reason that a catalog and ordering something on the business side is by any means more difficult or more challenging compared to what you're used to at home when you go to eBay, when you go to Alibaba. So basically, that's something what, the, what you have as an individual, um, someone living today, um, experiences um, on a regular basis by um, going for one of the catalog websites and this is exactly the same experience what you should have but it's not only the catalog it is the end-to-end -end source to pay experience what customers what users and users is also a category manager a buyer in an organization also a line of business by filling out a purchase requisition this is really something where we believe it needs to be an awesome experience. It needs to have a great user experience, but it also needs to provide all the insights needed, what you can get out of the spend data, what you have to do the demand planning, the demand aggregation, to really get everything for the best possible price, depending on the quality you want and secure in-time delivery. So the golden triangle in procurement, that this can be optimized and it's a great experience for everyone who is engaging and interacting with the procurement function. I mean, I've been having lots of conversations with um, CPOs and chief supply chain officers, um, kind of regarding kind of not only the transformation of those two functions, if you like, but also the sort of evolution of those roles, you know, to maybe becoming more strategic and possibly even future CEOs coming from that space. Yes, and you see a lot. Um, look at Tim Cook, for example. He was the chief supply chain officer. Procurement was reporting into, into his function. And what has he done? He's now um, not only the CEO, he has also contributed to the great product. In the meantime, we have more than 2.2 billion iPhones sold. And one innovation, which is uh, part of the success or basically key of the success, 
is the Gorilla Glass, which has been invented when he was running also the procurement function. And this is really showing also as an example, wow, there is something what comes next after procurement. I was a CPO by myself. Um, and now you see I'm a chief digital officer. Before that, I was a chief operating officer. So there's really also that you can see, and I hope that procurement is really evolving in a role that it is seen as a talent pool, a place where people want to work. Because for me, and that's my experience, and also when I talk to other CPOs, it is a most beautiful place you can you can be you understand the business model you really know what is the business doing what are the lines of businesses really really um doing all the time and also looking a little bit into that oh probably that's an area where i want to be next in my career and that's something also where i believe that procurement needs to become a little bit better on the marketing side and really evolve in a in a role where talent management is a key part of the function and no longer the typical careers, what you know from corporate starting as a, a trainee buyer and then make it up potentially to a CPO. Honestly, that's a model which will no longer exist in the future. Number one reason is that we are tending more to a project-based work, a gig economy to, to use this term, what millennials and Generation Z is now seeing more and more. And people also want to get more experience. They are not necessarily saying, hey, wow, I want to work for a great company and I think procurement is a good spot for me to be. I start there and I will end my career most likely there. I think this long-term perspective, when you see, and coming back to my example, that uh, half of the Fortune 500 list is no longer existing today. Um, reasons are not necessarily only chapter 11 or insolvency. It's also uh, being acquired, changing the business model, something or basically um, having a carve out of a larger corporation, something like that. Business is going so fast and um, we will see that the change will never move this slowly again, as I said. Um, this is absolutely true, and we are at the very beginning of the fourth industrial revolution, what we see now, Industry 4.0, and we are also at the beginning of a lot of technologies, and I would like to, to use machine intelligence probably as the most changing and most disrupting technology what we see right now. Therefore, I believe absolutely um, this is a time of change, and we need to prepare ourselves for the change. Um, to have a role in the future. And as I believe procurement can be part of this role and will have um, a seat on the table of the business. What, what do you think, uh, you've touched on a few um, of the technological trends um, happening at the moment. Um, what, what do you think are the most disruptive that are going to be impacting the industry right now and in the short term? When you go on a time scale, so for me, the most disrupting um, disruptive technology is definitely artificial intelligence. That's what I absolutely believe and what I see. But as I mentioned, we are at the beginning of now the um, disruption and it takes a little bit longer than expected. What we see also, and you can use the Gartner hype cycle as one example, um, technology is heavily overrated on a short-term impact, but probably underrated on the mid to long-term impact what it has. And I can use one example. When Elon Musk was, it was around 18 months back, 
on stage presented the first electric truck. Um, on the next uh, day, um, the media in the United States were using the number 3.6 million truck drivers might be impacted by a self-driving electric truck. So just to come back, Elon Musk did not present a self-driving truck, he did present um, an electric truck. And the self-driving capabilities, what Tesla definitely has, um, were not part of that at the moment of the announcement. But everyone was already saying, wow, probably all truck drivers are running out of their jobs. And therefore, I believe that we need really to balance and be a little bit more realistic. And for me, artificial intelligence is changing the world as the steam engine or electricity changed the world uh, before. And that's what we, what we will see. And machine learning is basically part of artificial intelligence as well as deep learning. So artificial intelligence is a broader term. So all the machine intelligence basically is part of that. And I think this will be definitely um, a huge disruption. But what we see now, what's currently really becoming part of the business is um, Internet of Things. When we see the connected devices, um, this is a use case which we can can see and um, gets more and more implement, implemented on the business side. And this is definitely also something what I what I see. But there's much more technology. Everything what is related to automation in a broader sense. Um, what is related to analytics, including big data, predictive analytics, but also going and then bridging it back to the machine intelligence, the prescriptive guidance, which is using not only descriptive information, not only predicting something based on historical data, is also learning. And learning can also mean using other sources, public available sources, like weather forecast, when you um, have products where you get a lot from, from farmers from different countries. Um, we have seen that, for example, that Ferrero was heavily impacted um, one year back, a little bit more than one year back, when the hazelnut um, um, was um, impacted by uh, the dry weather. And this is really where you see also that uh, the connection between the different technologies, what, what we see, um, is also absolutely key by driving the adoption. Uh, 3D technology, I was uh, flying on a plane, probably the, uh, the turbine um, was, uh, was 3D printed already because the technology has already um, achieved a certain maturity. So basically the big bunch of these buzzwords, what is important, and I don't wanna use the buzzwords uh, for using them and just to basically line up with all the people mentioning them, for me, it's very important that we um, that we nail it down to some use cases what really business function like supply chain can use. Connecting with Internet of Things now certain parts of the production of the supply chain. This is definitely adding value and this existing technology what you can use. Um, using sensors, for example, also to automate ordering processes, linking it back to procurement is something which exists and can be used um, as of today. When you see that you have certain automation with robotics process 
automation um, to basically help your transactional processes to become more automated. When you see that the next level of machine learning can get implemented. So it's not only the robotics process automation, which is just comparing A with B and then if uh, B is correct, going to C and then to D and so on. Um, it is more that also learning, oh wow, there's a lot what's happening all the time when I see this in D happening, basically here, here are the root causes and this is something what can be done, what is most likely happening and what can be already integrated. And that's where I believe it's important also to have concrete use cases implemented and also get quick wins out of it that you are not uh, not joining a journey for the next two, three, five years what in the past um, um, big IT implementations um, were lasting. I think th the time is over. You need to be much faster today um, as the change is very rapid and you need to be prepare yourself for it. I mean, obviously you've touched upon uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence there. Obviously people still play a vital role in procurement though. Yes, absolutely. And I think the role in procurement will change, but you definitely, you need people. And just also, and as you can hear from my strong accent, um, I'm, a, I'm a German, um, I'm here in Europe, in Munich right now. So basically what you, what you see is that um, a lot of people um, fear the change, the speed, and also the disruption, what might come, and also their jobs might get impacted. I always say yes. Um, there's a high risk that your job will changing, but look back the last 10 years, how many times has your job already changed um, um, in the last five to 10 years? And this is really something where I always use as a number from the World Economy Forum in January in Davos. Um, it was reconfirmed basically that until 2022, artificial intelligence will create 58 million additional jobs. And this is also showing a little bit that the disruptive technology will change the, the job, what you have today. But on the other side, it will also provide great new opportunities. Look, for example, um, totally new jobs, like I mentioned the smartphone, the iPhone. So an app developer, but also this works for Google Play and the, um, and, um, the um, Android um, operating system as well. So new jobs and new jobs are also getting created. For example, um, when you look inside, what can you do now with a smartphone? The smartphone has disrupted so many industries. Look at the digital camera, look at how we, how we read book, books, how we listen to music, um, even, even um, areas like the flashlight. Um, I had a, um, I had a maintenance, um, um, someone for maintenance in my house and he does not have a flashlight anymore. He's using his smartphone on that. And this is showing also a little bit about the different areas are getting impacted, but also at the same time, a magnitude of new jobs are getting created. A game like Fortnite, for example, in the gaming industry. Um, Fortnite could, could make um, um, 100 million within 90 days. And when you think about, wow, this is a totally new business model, which is possible um, due to a smartphone, which exists. So there's also a big bunch of opportunities, what's happening. And this is the same, what I see in the different lines of businesses. Not everyone will become a developer. 
but so many new jobs are getting created and there will be a big shift also from task. So tactical operational task might disappear, but more strategic value adding task might, um, might show up and might be possible then to do um, including everything what is related to analytics. What, what do you see is the biggest challenges facing CPOs today? I mean, obviously we're talking about, a, you know, a revolution of a, of a function and of an uh, industrial space, but, but what do you think are the big challenges uh, facing CPOs and chief supply chain officers? I think on the challenges, number one is you need to think about what is the future for your function? And this is not limited to um, to procurement. I would say that this is part of all back office um, uh, functions and discussions about what is the future of the back office. Therefore, I mentioned for the digital transformation, start with a vision. What do you really want to do with your function? How do you want to create value? On the procurement side, the same in finance, HR, or IT. When you see now what's coming with cloud, with the hyperscalers, and the change also in IT, how we consume software um, using cloud solutions, um, a totally new business model. And therefore, I believe that you need to think about how do you want to define the future for your own function? The next step is, what is it really what you can now do to create value? So what, what are the parts um, of your organization? And therefore, I I started saying that when you think about a digital transformation, when you have to find your vision, start with the structure. Start with the organizational side. What do you want to do? What are functions you might need? What are functions you have already and might get impacted by automation or by machine intelligence or other disruptive technologies? And therefore, um, derived from that, think about the process side. How can you really help the business to be faster, to have less errors in the different processes, um, to be predictive in what is needed, also to manage risk and to secure a sustainable supply chain. And then I think it is important uh, focusing on the, um, on the system side, what are really technology solutions, what you, what you can use to be ready and to help your function in the future to really drive the value um, for your organization. And the biggest challenge, of course, is definitely the change management aspects of the people. And therefore, I always say, don't forget the people. Because at the end, we all know we have limitations in the team size we have today. And even as procurement is already creating hard savings, for example, more people could potentially save more money, but is procurement in a in the situation that they get necessarily new resources, new talents? Most likely not. This is what I get from most CPOs. And the recent survey, the CPO survey 2019, what we did confirms this. Um, procurement is also challenged and needs to save not only money, but also save people by automating. And therefore you need to think about what is really what you can provide as a future outlook for a career um, perspective within your teams. In countries like Europe, it is not so easy to do a restructuring or basically to change your organizational setup. You have social partners, you need to think about, um, you have certain contracts, um, what you um, 
what you need to um, what you need to consider to drive to drive change. And that's something also where I always say, um, whatever you do, the people are the most valuable asset what you have in your organization. So be careful in how you really define and drive your transformation, because at the end, you need the people to be successful. No one is smart enough to run everything on a, on um, her own or his own. So that's really a team approach, teamwork, what is what is needed. And therefore, think about some people. I mean, you mentioned actually just then um, sustainability and supply chain and sustainable procurement. Do you think that will continue to become a big issue in this area? Yes, absolutely. So the supply chain um, <clears throat> supply chain transparency um, is absolutely key because consumers expect that they know exactly where do my products come from. So the palm oil I might have in my products, is it really sustainable and can I provide the transparency? And this is something what gets expected and therefore companies need to ensure that they have the full transparency and also that they can provide the proof that yes, um, I only use sustainable products. I can also trace it back to the farmers where I got, continue with palm oil as an example, um, where my palm oil comes from. And therefore technologies which makes it make it easy um, also to um, to monitor and provide the transparency like blockchain technology, so disruptive ledger technology to be a little bit more precise on what the technology side is, um, might be might um, might we see really um, more prominently um, um, to use transparency and to monitor your entire supply chain. So therefore, I absolutely believe that it will be very important. So you might know about Greta. Uh, Turnberg, um, which is now running the Friday uh, demonstrations for uh, for pupils, um, <clears throat> that this is currently a big topic that we need to take care of our environment. So therefore, I believe that sustainability is not just a trend or something which is now um, political statement or something which a smaller group will focus on. I believe that this is a fundamental change where all companies are asked to focus on sustainability because if they don't do it, consumers might no longer buy their products. And this is absolutely key that you have the full transparency here, which you can provide um, uh, to your to your consumers. And finally, what do you think makes for a good CPO? I think a good CPO is definitely someone who is managing um, his organization, but also the collaboration between the lines of businesses, the employees as the largest group within an organization, but also the supplier side. Because we see a trend that you need to drive more value by also focusing on the suppliers, innovations from suppliers. You're not getting it when you are just focusing only on price negotiations and guess what in procurement, of course, the price needs to go down. Um, that's very often the end what we see in, an annual, in these annual meetings. But basically today, it is more important that a CPO really um, understands the business model and can collaborate with the 
right groups as a business partner to really create value and earn a seat on the table of the business by provide everything what is needed, including also new innovative solutions or products what a company can use to be more successful in the future. And at the end, it is also really um, creating and developing a great team which can which can contribute and drive the value generating activities. So leadership skills are absolutely mandatory. Um, that's what a CPO needs to have to be successful in the future. Thank you for listening to the Digital Insight Podcast in association with theinterface.net and cpostrategy.com. The Digital Insight is brought to you by B2E Media Limited. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. And don't forget to check out our podcast archive at www.b2e-media.com slash podcast.